This episode of Poetic Properties with Complex is brought to you by Infinitely Complex Production and sponsorship with Peacefully Flawed Apparel, where we believe that no matter the darkness, we have the opportunity and ability to get to the light. Thank you for tuning in to the Poetic Property Podcast. I am your host, Complex the Poet, father, author, and entrepreneur. Uh, This week was difficult. Um, not difficult in the same way that it that it has been. Um, my my sleep is still altered. I'm I'm having issues with weird dreams again, tossing and turning or what have you. But I didn't uh, I didn't let that bother me, or I I tried to to make sure it didn't bother me as much because I was already going through some stuff. As you guys continue to know um i always want to be open about my goods and my bad so for people who are probably uh just now finding the podcast um or don't keep up with it i i start the podcast with a mental health check just kind of going through my week just to kind of encourage you guys to you know keep fighting through whatever you whatever you're going through so that you don't feel alone um if you have a, a safe space uh or a if you have a safe space or if you have a a, a group of supporters that um, you trust, you know, it's always good to kind of um, express what's going on. So it's not stuck in your head and, and creates uh, heavier depression days or uh, raises the anxiety level. And so for me, that's why I do these mental health checks. That's why um, I'm so open in. I'm consistently, you know, trying to let you guys know. I just want you guys to stay encouraged to just breathe and 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 fight through it the best that you can. But this week, like, it was really more of um, frustrations with the business, and it was good frustrations. I I, I think I don't. I mean. I guess any frustration is 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 bad frustration, but it it came from um, understanding now what's necessary for me to piece together the business, how it needs to be pieced together for it to uh, be what I see it as, and I have extreme separation anxiety from, you know, things that I create, things that I give my time to, um, things that I give to the people, you know, it's, it's difficult to, you know, how you, it's difficult to let go sometimes. Right. And I've created all these things for, uh, peacefully flawed apparel. And, you know, I started off just like really just creating any and everything, but then, you know, I started really wanting to, create things that fit my peacefully flawed uh, uh, narrative that I'm living in, right? And so as I'm going through this, what initially started out as a hobby now has become a passion of mine, not a passion to, you know, be greedy and, and get all the money that I can, but a passion to create things that are tangible for the people to, you know, when they feel, uh, weak and they feel flawed and they feel like they're going through something, you know, they can look at their hoodie, look at their sweats or, or, you know, be walking in their peacefully flawed shoes and 
have a enlightening uh enlightened moment right just understand like like for me when i wear the peacefully flawed stuff it's it helps my anxiety to a, to a certain extent because it's a recognition like you're okay like be fine with the flaws that you have work through them the best that you can but be okay and understand that and so um I've come to the point to where I have to remove stuff to create a better brand identity of what I'm trying to do because right now it just looks like I'm trying to sell stuff and it's not that it, it it's not solely about that right it's it's really for the people it's really um getting the brand out there for people to just have something to hold on to when they're uh when they can't get to their meditation time when they can't you know get through whatever it is it's just something tangible and like I said I know for me when I'm when I'm in high anxiety levels and you know it's like a blankie like a baby has a a blankie or a binky that no matter what that'll soothe them and so for me just being able to see you know the peacefully flawed logo this 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 tree of life just understanding the cycle of of life and death just understanding of peace and chaos um just having that tangible helps me and so the frustration this week was i got to start cutting stuff out right because i know what i want the brand identity to be now like I was I was searching for it as I was building the podcast. You know, the the only thing that's for certain and and what I mean by for certain is the podcast is is set in stone of what it's for. Uh my poetry is set in stone for what it's for. But now the 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 representation has to be tightened up. And so um that's what I've been working on this week. But like I said, just trying to delete stuff or enact or or make it inactive has been difficult has been extremely difficult because I'm emotionally attached to it because like I said this initially started off as therapy and in in and I created these things uh, these phrases and these uh, like these designs, I created these things in the midst of, you know, stress in the midst of, you know, panic attacks, just trying to soothe myself. And so letting it let them letting them go. Has turned out to be way more difficult than what I expected, but I'm trying like I know there's people out there that probably have the same issue of letting go of things. Um, that they've created, letting go of things that they hold dear to them, but got to make room, right? Like you, you, you have to. And so this week, just, I've been looking, <laughs> I've been staring at the screen, getting up, staring at the screen, like deleting, like, like I'll delete one thing and then I'll freak out. And I know that sounds crazy, but when you're at where I'm at mentally, and understanding the full scope and full story of why all of this is even a, a thing now, it's it's just difficult. And I just been struggling. Um, you know, I'm not even gonna bore y'all with with the nine to five. It's ugh, it just it is what it is. Um, it is what it is. Uh, that added to 
that added to some of what is bothering me per usual. But this week, I really, really was like, I'm not going to let that overtake what I need to process with my business. And so I just, I, I didn't let it overtake me. Like it bothered me, but I didn't let it, it overtake me. And so on top of that, um, Mother's Day is coming. And it's a difficult holiday for me. Very difficult holiday for me. Um, as it's a reminder for me, again, that I have children that are that are missing, right? And I know you're probably... I know y'all probably tired of hearing me say that, but I have to keep, I have to keep saying it out loud because it it allows me to to deal with it. Um, but with Mother's Day, with Mother's Day approaching, um, my mind is more so on my kid's mom um and how she may be suffering right i know it's at this point it's not my responsibility to um it's not my responsibility to to really do anything like more than it is just allow her her time of grieving and however she grieves i also don't know how to help her grieve in the midst of my grieving, right? Um, regardless of what her and I have ever been through, no matter what she's ever done, uh, my my goal is is to make sure that she is healed enough to have a proper relationship with our other kids. You know, on top of whatever, you know, they were going through before this situation even came about, it intensified with losing our daughter because now she has to maneuver through the loss of relationship with her sons and deal with the death of her daughter. And it's heavy on me because I don't I I continue to say I don't really care what they what what any of them relationship wise have have done to me uh, to the point to where I'm going to be heartless in situations. Right. Just because, you know, someone is mean, disrespectful, abusive, um, heartless towards you, it don't mean that you have to be there's a there's a bigger picture. There's a bigger picture. And for me, the bigger picture is. One day, our kids will have a story to tell. And I pray that when they tell her story, it has a good ending. And so that bothers me because I don't like I'm grieving myself and I know it. I know it sounds selfish. I'm grieving myself. Over a, over an entire situation, right? It's not just losing Kennedy. It's how Kennedy came about. It's um, how 
the relationship was with the boys, the divorce, the, like all of this, right? So I think about that. And I get frustrated and I get angry because how? But because I've been searching for peace in me, none of that matters. I just want to make sure that she's doing what's necessary for her to get over. And I, this week has just been difficult. Like I've been like every conversation that I've had with her, um, I've been trying to mask it. Right. Like not mask it in a sense of um, in a mean way. But I don't know how you I don't know how you handle grief. I know the last time that there was a situation that involved grief, you left us. Right. And so this week. It's just been heavy on me because. I look at my kids and how they move. I look how, you know, when they when they do speak to her, how they speak to each other. I see that. Um, And I try to teach the boys, right? Because it's my responsibility that regardless of uh, uh, what happened, right? It's my responsibility to make sure that they understand, you know, what their mother was going through. They understand who who she is um, from their perspective. Nothing she ever has done to me is their responsibility to defend or to behave in a way. Um, and vice versa. But this week, it just been it's been messed with me because, again, I feel like a failure. I don't care what we were going through. I don't care how the situation happened. I don't care what it is. I'm not ashamed of the situation. You know, um, I'm forgiving. I'm loving. I'm caring. It is what it is. But it's heavy on me. It's heavy on me because I don't know if either of us will ever heal from this, to be honest with you. I know the steps that I have had to take in her absence to get the boys to, you know, a certain a certain level of respect, a certain level of being able to express themselves, even with them grieving, losing two sisters. Right. And I know it's not my responsibility and I and I I. I can't help it. I, I it is what it is. Like if I'm being honest, I can't I can't help it. No matter what she ever done to me, like we was friends first. We was friends first. And so that's how I look at it. I take account of what she's you know, what she's been through, what she was going through. I take into account of all of that, you know, and that's that's just how I deal. That's just how I deal. I'm I'm kind of standoffish with, with certain situations and stuff. Um, when it comes to the kids, I'm I'm overly protective because I don't know where her head is. I don't I don't know if her getting close to the kids is is a good thing. If it's a bad thing, you know. So I, I let I let the kids decide on how they want to maneuver and deal with, with with her. But as a friend. Like I'm able to like like I'm able to separate 
everything when it comes to 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 that situation. Like as a as an ex husband, as a uh, as a as a co parent, my feelings are more on the negative side towards towards her. But as a friend, I see the hurt. And in all honesty, hurt people hurt people. The only reason why I'm at where I'm at with this situation is because I'm fighting for peace. I'm not about to argue with you about the kids. I'm not about to fight you to to be who I'm supposed to be. I'm not going to allow you to fight me to be who you're supposed to be. But it's just a reminder that Kennedy is not here. And so like I said, I try to I try to be peaceful, try to mask it and and be strong. But sometimes that backfires, you know, for again, regardless of what happened, regardless of what we ever been through, she, she like, like she went through it too. So that's been on my mind heavy because unfortunately, once I love it's unconditional. It doesn't, you know, mean that the connection is going to be it, it, it doesn't mean the connection is going to be there or be there how it was, but I don't wish hurt, pain on nobody. I don't any I don't like people say do like once you do them how they do you, they'll see and I just don't wish that pain on nobody. I really don't I really wish that um, things could be peaceful. I really wish that we didn't have to go through through any of this. I wish I didn't have to go through any of it because no matter what, I feel like a protector. I feel like, you know, even as a friend, like if I'm your guy friend, I'm going to be attempt, I'm going to attempt to protect you. Not in a, on it, not um not in an invasive way, but I feel like if you were talking to me, you were telling me your problems, um, whether you have brothers, uncles, whatever, I feel like you're telling me so that I could be a part of the the crew to protect you. And that's how I take life with anybody. Is that healthy? Probably not, because I need protection. And a lot of times I don't have people protecting me. And when I mean protecting me, I don't need I don't mean projecting your opinion, projecting your way of life. I don't mean that. I mean like genuinely like, yo, something wrong with my guy, and I I, I just need to make sure he's good. I see he's struggling with this. I need to like let me let me see if I can help there. I often talk about, you know, um that the idea of bringing stuff to the table. That that concept is not just for relationships. That concept of what do you bring to the table, right? 
That goes for family, friends, like like work, everything. If you care about me, you're going to see what I have on my table that you need and you're going to take that. But you are also going to see what I need, because when I when I enter friendships with people. Right. Before I before I place in my mind, like I'm like, you're my friend for real. I got to see how you move. Right. I got to see how. Like, I got to see how life affects you. Got to see what you're going through. To see if I can be your friend. Because I might not have what you need as a friend. You might not have what I need as a friend. Even though we see the same light, our vision is different. Even though we travel similar roads, the obstacles are different. So I got to know what is happening. I got to know what's going on with you. I got to see if, 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 if it's going to overwhelm me if I, if I give myself to you as a friend. We all have impaired vision, all of us. We have our egos, we have obstacles, we have love, we have pain, we have hurt, we have uh, uh, achievements, we have failures. Those are all uh, things that cause visual impairment. They blind you from what you really need to, to look at. And too much of any of them will blind, will completely blind you and you'll begin to move reckless and you'll begin to um, not realize. How you're moving is not conducive to you and what you are um, and what you are trying to accomplish in life. And that's that's whether you are trying to build a business, whether you're trying to just live life Free and peaceful, whether you're trying to be a person who travel the world, where you're trying to be a person who, you know, just have kids and raise kids and do it like you got to pay attention to that stuff because too much of it will, will, will blind you from what you're trying to get to. Like too much of it will will it will it, it can discourage you. Too much pain gonna put you down. Too much happiness gonna make you arrogant. Too many obstacles gonna going prolong the situation. Too little obstacles gonna going make you overlook things that you need. I remember when I first realized that my vision, my real physical vision was impaired, right? I was in elementary school, getting good grades, you know. I used to love school, elementary school. Um I used to love school. I remember like around fifth grade, though, like reading became harder, seeing the TV became harder. And I'm just like, I'm confused, you know, and back then. um, And I don't know if they do it now. Like you had if I'm not mistaken, I don't know if it was every quarter or every year, but you had to do, you know, the eye test and stuff, the hearing test. You had to do that at school. Like that was mandatory. It wasn't like like now, at least my kids now. The only way you get the hearing and the eye test is like if you need an IEP. But other than that, they just let you do your thing. But I remember. um, 
I remember realizing I couldn't really see well. And then I remember getting glasses. And I remember, I think, the first pair, if I'm not mistaken, like, uh, I broke them because they was, like, in my pocket or something. I popped the lens out. So, of course, my parents are like, bro, you you tripping. We're not about to be paying for glasses repair. You need to take care of them. And then I remember going into sixth grade. Like, I was so ashamed to wear glasses. Also, you have to remember, I grew up. When roasting people was at an all time high and it was crazy, <laughs> like there it was no whole bars like you was getting the business and being the youngest kid and my brother's always bagging on me and stuff like. It was difficult because I I knew my brothers were preparing me for like at school and stuff. But getting that school and getting at home, it, it it did something to me. And so I wouldn't wear my glasses. And I regret it now because over time my my, my eyes have begot uh my eyes have become weaker and weaker. And everything that I've gone through in my childhood, everything, the smallest things, like it's weird how they trigger me now that I've been searching for peace and identity and um, self-love and, and, and controlling of, of, of my, my temper, um, being peaceful within myself. So I remember certain things and I remember how difficult life was. With impaired vision. But I allowed my ego. I allowed fear of being talked about. I allowed um, everything to have me hide in my glasses often. I didn't realize that. We all don't have the same vision. And the vision that I had was mine and mine alone. And I had to learn to be okay with being the person who had to wear the glasses. The amount of strength and and the, the amount of ego that I had to kill to be able to wear my glasses and say, all right, bet, cool. Clown me, four eyes, whatever. But I need to be able to, to to see this journey that I'm on. It wasn't a profound thing that made me start wearing my glasses. It wasn't it it, it wasn't a, a epiphany type thing until you know more recently, especially as I was taking notes for this week's podcast, and I'm like, bruh. You spend all that time trying to trying to be cool and you you spend all that time trying not to wear your glasses because people are saying this and people are doing that and people with glasses are stereotyped like this and that and you lost so much. You learned a lot, but you learned it in a way that was unhealthy because your vision was not there. You had no clarity. 
you had no clarity. It was it it was it was you trying to it was you being so fragile in who you were that you was willing to suffer through whatever. Like we had to do a lot of reading when I was in school. A lot. Everything it wasn't it wasn't no audio books. It wasn't like we had to do a lot of reading and I would rather suffer through that. Uh, uh, keep closing my eyes, oh, like wiping my eyes, doing whatever I could, but put them damn glasses on. I chose to to allow my vision to 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 be impaired, to impress, to uh, uh, to not look like a nerd. And those glasses was simple correction. And if you look at life now, a lot of people cannot handle simple correction. It'd be the slightest thing that they have to do and everything will go will go well. But because people shun that or because people think that that's bad, because the group, the masses feel this way about things, they don't want to do the one thing that'll make them stand out for the better. They'd rather be in the midst of all of that chaos. Once I start searching for who I was meant to be, once I was uh, tired of getting my heart broke, once I was um, um, done being frustrated of how I'm being treated, uh, done feeling like everything is against me, done looking how people are doing. Like once I start making life about me and once I put my glasses on, I saw the vision very, very clear. People don't want you to to have clear vision because it removes you from being the punching bag. It removes you from being the person because sometimes people uh, need you to need them. So they'll they'll be the ones feeding the, the, the slight negativity in your ear. They'll be the ones um, telling you this won't work and that won't work. They'll be the ones that's telling you this too much. Like your dream is too big. Don't don't dream that. It's not because they don't want you to dream. It's that because they need you to need them because they don't know what their purpose is. So many people walking around like that. And it's a simple correction within themselves that they are afraid to to make so that they can get on with their journey. So that they can get on with what they're supposed to do in life. They they need you to need them. And I I used to be I used to be that that person. I used to be that person like and not understand like you don't really you don't you don't need me because I'm helpful to you in the way that I think you keep on creating the illusion of that and. For me, because I'm not really uh, uh, secure and I'm not really looking for who I'm trying to be. I'm like, all right, bet you love me. You you want me around for for peace. You want me around because I'm beneficial to you, but you need me to need you. It's part of the reason why I don't ask anybody for anything. I'm not saying I don't need help, but 
I have to like I have to completely exhaust all efforts before I ask anybody for anything. And I mean, all efforts. I don't like if I got to, you know, go do a quick prostitution. If I got to steal some, I mean, all efforts have to be exhausted before I ask anybody for anything. Because I've I've seen people need me to need them. And what that does is like if 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 you need me to need you and I'm like, man, I need a hundred dollars. You're gonna hold that hundred dollars over my head. Dang, I need a babysitter. You're gonna hold that babysitting over my head. I need a place to stay. You're gonna hold that over my head. And I start I start seeing that. But again, I ne- it never happened. I'm telling you. My vision wasn't here for so long, and I kept because you you you. I was raised in a in a in a Christian household. You know, church was everything, and in church they tell you do do everything and don't expect nothing back. Give, 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 and, and it's like oh, you reap what you sow, but don't don't expect it. And that's how that's how a lot of people were were. Um, that's how a lot of people were taught, and that's what what we leaned on, right? But then you start realizing you giving all of this and nothing's coming back, and so it's like, oh well, you're you're not giving with a cheerful heart. So it's like, I'm not cheerful because I'm going through stress and I'm giving away everything. I'm giving away money. I'm giving away time. I'm giving away emotions. I'm giving away all this stuff, and nothing is being returned. And it took me a long, long while to understand, bruh, you giving what's yours. You giving love that belongs to you. You don't know that because you don't understand that you don't really love yourself. You giving people money that belong to you with what you need. Like, I know their need sounds drastic but their need is going to put you in a position that you're going to need and nobody you don't have nobody to get it from i used to be so frustrated when um i would need things whether it be true advice whether it be money whether it um be just time like just to be able to breathe, vent, whatever. I used to be so frustrated because it was like, I didn't have a person in mind to just call like, yo, I need you. But I started realizing how many times I've been on the other end and I made it happen. And once I start seeing straight, I, I start understanding. You have to put yourself in a position to force yourself to see you. And when you have everything blinding you, social media, uh, family, uh, bad friends, your kids, because like these things become your identity. And you lose that. 
you lose that off of the idea that I can't make my family, you know, mad trying to be who I want to be. I can't make my kids mad, excuse me, and letting them know y'all are my kids, but I have my own identity. In relationships, not falling into that person's like, like a lot of times in relationships, and, and this is the honest to God reason why I think, you know, the relationships fail because I attempted to uh, uh, um, be a reflection and it became one identity. And you get lost in that. So everything that 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 you do and want to do, it becomes uh, uh, a group activity. You got to watch TV together, go to bed together, eat what you you know, I got to eat this because you like this. I got to watch this because you like this. Like there's no there's no separation. But I thought that was okay. Thought that was how life was supposed to be. And as I start getting older, as I start going through different things, after I start um, saying to myself, hey, it's time for correction. Where are your glasses at? You're not seeing things how, how you should see them. You're seeing them through the eyes of everybody else. You're seeing them through everybody else's perspective. You, you're caring about everybody else's feelings. You're caring about um, what people say. You're caring about what people do. You're caring about how people treat you, but you are not worried about how you are treating yourself. You're not, you have no vision your glasses at I'm telling you now once you start you know doing that 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 visual uh, uh correction it's gonna hurt and it's gonna it's one of those things like I say it's gonna hurt you more than it hurt me this is gonna hurt you more than it hurts anybody else because everybody been seeing this but you that's why so much conflict when you finally see it and you start altering how you move, you start un, uh, uh, altering who you talk to, how you talk to them, um, the time you give them, the the time that you allow them to give you. Like, that's why so much conflict and confrontation that and that's why so much you acting funny, you acting different. I can see clear now. This is not what I want for my life. It's not the relationships that I want to have to deal with for my life. This is not the the person that I want my kids to see for the rest of my life. These things are blinding. We got to be able to handle that small visual visual correction. Everybody not going to see it like you. They're not. They're not. It's it, it's not even meant for them to see it like you. It's more so meant for like life is, is, is funny, right? Because. Science, like scientifically say, you know, it's a group of sperm, the, the, the like. You got to separate from the pack, even as sperm. They think, think about that. Everything starts as a group activity. 
And the only way to get to the next level of that thing is separating yourself. It's making the corrections to to get to the next level. So from being a group of sperm to winning, right? You start going to school and at school is clicks. Right? And in order to move up in the ranks of the clique, you have to separate yourself. You have to be the, the funniest. You have to be the, uh, the best dressed. You have the best, best personality to, to separate yourself from, from the pack. Even in sports, like it's a group activity, but the goal is to be the best of the best of the group. At work. Yeah, you're a family, you're a team, but the goal is to be the best of the best. Like, think about that. So our entire lives is based on having a pack mentality and, oh, you got to be a family. You got to do this. You have to do everything identical to one another or else you're the black sheep. And now that I'm older, I realize the black sheep of the family be way more peaceful because they've decided that I don't want to see life like that no more. My vision been impaired this whole time. I've been loyal. I've been this. I've been that, you know, to these things, because, yeah, we it's a pack mentality. But I don't even see me in that. For me, that's when I start having to make the change. I don't even see me in the decision that I made for this. I don't even see me in uh, what I, like what I'm offering to whatever the situation is. I see the group. Anybody come to see you, Otis? That's how life feels. That's how life feels. And it's so fucking scary to put your glasses on. Because regardless, somebody's going to talk, somebody's going to nag, somebody's going to uh, say things about you. You know, they're going to they're going to try to distract you from that. They're going to try to give you their perspective of why you shouldn't do this and do that. They're never going to listen to why. They're never going to care. It's solely going to say, okay, I get that, but you got to look at No, 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 no. I understand it, but what about, no, no, no. It's not a group. It's not a group. I have to do what I have to do to feel the, to, to, to feel like the best me I could be. I don't get too hype on sales. I don't get too down on no sales. I don't get too hype on um, support. I don't get too down when there's no support given. I'm a human being. Yeah, I feel a certain way. But for me, I do it for for love. I do it because it's, it's therapy. Like, I never in a million years thought that I would be three years in a legal business that I own. If this business doesn't make 
if this business doesn't make millions of dollars, I still took a step towards bettering my generation. Or bettering my for bettering life for my next generation. Because with me having a legal business, now my kids are like, all right, I need to figure out because dad owned this. So I need to figure out how I can have ownership of my craft and the things that I do, you know, whether it's like whether I make millions or not. At some point, at some point with the idea, right? Because you guys know my brother Duck to me is like my father, right? So I just want to paint a, a quick picture. Duck is a football player. He's a father. He's a, a very great artist, right? Duck has been in business for himself maybe at this point 15, 20 years, maybe more if I'm doing a math right. Because he's done it for so long, and for me, the little brother in me, I'm like, he's doing that. He's telling me, you got to take your poetry serious. Got to do the poetry, bro. You got to do the poetry. So because he's planted that seed of consistency in his business, now I'm like, all right, I'm about to do the poetry. So I'm doing the poetry, I'm writing books, and he's like, all right, nah, Peanut, like, I know the books is cool, but you gotta you, you gotta do the albums. Like, like them hearing it is way different. All right, so I'm like, cool, because of his consistency of his business, that seed, because I'm looking up to my brother, now I'm like, all right, now I'm working on my fifth album. My fifth spoken my fifth spoken word album. From the seed that he planted, right? Again, I said he's a great artist. My son loves art. Why? Because his uncle. So he's drawing, he's painting, he's doing his thing, trying to customize shoes like his uncle and stuff like that. So that's one seed that now has budded twice. So I'm like, all right, bet. Kennedy passed away. This has become therapy to me uh, to clear my mind and just to keep me busy on something. But wait, people are supporting this and they're understanding what peacefully flawed is. Boom. Now I'm an owner in my company and now my son being budded from his uncle with art. In his business, but he sees me because my brother lives in Missouri. We live in Arizona, but my son see me working every day on my business. Where did I get that from? My brother. If I call my brother, it doesn't matter unless he sleep he either with his son or in his uh, studio or in his shop. So he 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 hears that from my brother. He sees it from me. So now every week he's he's corrected himself every week. He's up at the flea market selling his art. He's done this for almost a year, a little bit over a year. He got a, You know, he had an interview yesterday um, at McDonald's. Why? Because he see that like I'm not about to force you to do anything. But by example. 
he correct he he corrected his vision. From that and 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 him doing that every week, and because he loved it, right? He loved art, so he does that every week. He go to he go to um, the 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 flea market and he sell his art every week. Now his brother, that's right below him, twin. Now he's like, yo, dad, um, can I sign up for this? I'm like, what is that? He's like, it's it's a uh, it's a, a gaming company that they hire teenagers to do little stuff. I got to take a test. If I take the test, you know, you know, I'll be able to do it. So I'm like, go for it. Why? Because he see what his brother doing. He's like, it's a it's it's a corrective measure. So to, so they don't have to go through what we go through. This is the importance of making those those corrections. You don't know who watching. You don't know what you don't know what the seeds you planted going to bud. You have no idea. It's imperative that we start understanding who we are, not who who we were raised to be, not who uh, we think people want us to be. Like we create these facades of ourselves and we 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 glorify ourselves in a way that's very unhealthy and we don't even realize it. And it's because of the energy that we are allowing around us. I talk about accountability on this podcast, almost every podcast, because that's where everything starts. I start realizing that every time I went through something, um, the response for myself was, oh, that's how I was taught. That's how I was raised. Oh, but that's what you said, do. And I started hearing myself over and over and over without an identity saying, that's what I thought. That's what you said. That's what you taught. That's how I was raised over and over. And I'm like, wait, hold on. I'm grown with kids. At what point do I say, fuck all that? I'm standing, I'm, I'm, I'm making mistakes and I'm going through life and creating hardships for myself because that's what I was taught. That's how I was raised. Where's my glasses at? This ain't it. I can't I, I can't sit here and talk about accountability and sit here and say, you got to make sure you're doing the right thing. But I'm living life from everybody else's point of view. It's like I'm in a, a, a simulation. And we all are at like we all are to a certain extent because some of us never see the wrong in how we were raised, um, never see the wrong in how other people's opinions and uh, have persuaded us to be who we are. We don't have an identity of wanting to do things. It's always based around what people said we could or could not do. I had to wake up. And the the thing is, is that a lot of times it don't even the the perspective and the uh, persuasion. It's not even that it's bad. It's that's why we don't recognize it. But it's more so. Sometimes it never clicks like I don't want to do this.
sometimes it never clicks because it's hidden behind peace. It's hidden behind a motive. Oh, we we got a, a we got generation and generation of cooks. We have generation and generation of doctors. That's great, but I don't want to do it. But we fear disappointment, so we do it. Seen a TikTok the other day. This lady said she spent so much money on being a psychiatrist um, and going through school and everything just to realize that art was her calling. And I'm certain if if you look back, she probably had a psychologist in her family or or somebody in the medical field or someone in the mental health field that it's like, I right, we're gonna make this a family thing, and that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. But where your glasses at? When I start correcting myself and I start searching for peace and I start really being heavy on accountability, my thing is, even if, even if after, right, I'm looking at life and I'm, I am um, understanding it for myself and I am believing in what I believe in, I'm moving how I move, even if I now see what was what I was persuaded to do is right. I'm going to accept it, but now I'm going to accept it fully because I see it. One of the main things that, um, like as I, I initially, you know, my, my ex-wife and I were separated and I made it a point to tell her that I was not going to divorce her until she understood it. Like I'm I'm a little I'm I'm a lot more mature than than she. Like I've I've always been an old soul and I've been through so much in life that I comprehend things a little bit quicker. And I know she thought that was for her, right? For me, I needed her to understand the why so that when it happened it was drama free. I know a lot of people don't. A lot of people probably just heard that and was like, "Hell no, nah, I'm out. I'm out." But for me, I was willing to say, "Okay, you don't understand it. You don't. You really don't see what's going on. You really don't understand." So in my mind, I said, "If I do this right now, if I do it this immediate, there's going to be drama." You're going to attempt to ruin relationships. You're going to be toxic. You're going to take it out on the kids. All, all of that. Because my vision was different. It wasn't about just, all right, I got to get away from you. It was about Making sure neither of us put each other in a situation to where one of us would never see the kids again. Because my vision was different. I didn't want to handle it like I've like I've heard divorce handled before, like I've seen divorce handled. I didn't want to do it that way. One of the things I used to always tell her, 
this paper does not mean nothing to me. This is a prison because if you do me your worst, I am still legally bound to you. So is the after you go through that level of trauma, is the relationship going still or is there still a connection because it's real or because I have to do it? Because you won't sign the paper, I won't sign the paper, however it goes in your life. But my vision was different. I want peace. I want, I want peace regardless. I don't care. I want peace. I don't care how it makes me look. I don't care what people say. I don't, I don't, I want peace. And if peace is not given to me, then you have to get away from me until you feel like you can handle my boundaries of peace only. We human, we still argue. She still get on my last fucking nerves. I still get on her nerves, but we have kids. And we're, again, regardless, I don't force her to, to, to do nothing extra. She don't force me to do nothing extra. Like life is what it's going to be. I don't hate her. I'm still hurt by a lot of things. Yeah. I still feel disrespected about a lot of things, but the vision different. I'm not all googly eyed for not for none of my exes. I'm not googly eyed. I'm not ignorant to how I was treated. I'm not ignorant to what was done. Like I, I put my glasses on. So now I see the human being in you. I'm not seeing that the queen, I'm not seeing the thickness, I'm not seeing the good sex, I'm not seeing cooking, I'm not seeing, I'm seeing who you are now. And I want peace. And I'm not going to tolerate anything other than peace. I'm not jumping through hoops, I'm not doing none of that. I'm uh, like, I've been there. I jumped through every hoop asking me in every single relationship, friendship, I've done, Peace. We got to have clear minds. We got to have clear hearts. We have to. Not for any other reason, but just so you can enjoy you. I used to be so stressed. I can't believe this person did that. I can't believe she's saying this. I can't believe she's saying that. I just wanted to be in love and I just wanted to be a good husband. I just wanted... Cool, bro. These are things that I used to, to, to whine to myself about. These are things that I stayed up crying about. I told y'all my ex, like it took me two, like I cried for two years I don't know. I, I don't know what it was, but the emptiness that I felt without her shouldn't have been what it was. Not because the love wasn't real, but where's the love for me? Like I'm sitting here in shambles. I'm going through all this, giving the best of me and I'm, I'm creating these connections and soul ties and I'm in shambles.
because I allowed my identity to merge as one and I didn't I, I didn't keep who I was. I didn't know who I was. I still was afraid uh, uh, to put the glasses on, still was afraid of they're going to say this. They're going to think this. They're going to think that. And so I'm just tolerating everything. I'm just tolerating yelling, the disrespect, the put down. I'm just tolerating everything, the abuse. I'm tolerating because I don't know me. I can't see clear. I'm scared to see it. I don't want to be alone. So I'm tolerating. And then I got my eyes checked. Then I renewed myself. And I start searching for me. And I'm reminded of uh, Marsh Ambrosius. I got to lose myself so I can love you. No, no, no. I got to lose myself so I can love me better. And I was so lost and I was so blinded with everything. Now I can see. Now I'm ready. Now everything like, excuse me, I told you, like I, I be getting frustrated because. Once I once I start looking for me and for me, accountability was the first thing that I needed to just solidify. And what I mean is I needed to really understand where I was wrong, um, where I was right. I had to start understanding um, how I was accepting all of the accountability for all parties and um, and how I needed to 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 not do that, like accept mine and understand it and be OK with someone not understanding um, their portion of their wrong. But not, you know, have it hinder me for feeling betrayed or feeling hurt or feeling disrespected. When I start doing that, I start seeing so clear. So after I had to have that accountability uh, check with myself, like now it's ego. It's ego. I'm still fighting it. That's why, you know, every so often I'll say I, I love all three of my exes and um, if they want to have a conversation I'm like, because I got to kill my ego because I'm hurt because they, 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 they did me. They did me wrong. And I know that they don't think that they did. And I know that they don't think that they affected me because I act so nonchalant, like, all right, whatever. No, that shit hurt. And I feel disrespected and I feel betrayed. But I had to kill my ego. Because when you're living in your ego, that shit creates so much chaos. You're so defensive. You're so uh, offensive. Like you don't you don't really care about anything, but 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 making sure you protect yourself, whether it's healthy or not. And so I had to let that go. All right, yeah, you did me wrong. I still love you. I don't care. Still do whatever for you. I don't I don't really care. Because the picture is bigger. See, I don't just remember the bad things that you did to me. I remember the, the, the things that, that were good. I remember how I felt when, when we had certain conversations and I shared certain things. Um, I remember. 
once I had to to once I killed the ego, now it's about boundaries and that, that the boundaries is is the most um, boundaries was and is the the most difficult of correcting the vision. Because when you set boundaries, you are forced to make people deal with what they've done. And people don't like to deal with what they've done. But for me, I had already sat down in my accountability of what I what I did, what I do, what you know, what was done to me. You can't set boundaries if there's no accountability, right? You can't like I'm 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 telling you, if there's no accountability, like nine times out of ten, whatever you're trying to do, it's not gonna work. Because you're gonna be stuck in who did what, why they did it. Um, oh, I only did this because you did that. Don't be concerned with what they did. Remove that. They did it. They knew they were doing it. You did it. You knew you were doing it. But in order to correct it, now you got to stand on that. I stand on my wrongs. I stand on my rights. That allowed me to be able to get to the next step of killing my ego. Killing my ego and understanding that at all costs, I want peace. I don't want no chaos. I don't have no drama in my life personally. I chill. I mind my business. I work on um, the podcast. I work on the poetry. I work on designing certain things for Peacefully Flaw. That's it. I don't bother nobody. I don't want nobody bothering me. My peace is it. But I had to get those things to those two things under control to now get to the boundaries, which, like I said, it's the most difficult because you have to force like like this forces people to really deal with themselves. Especially those people who need you to need them. Because either they're going to keep on trying to contact you and be messy, not realize like I just need peace. And anytime I'm involved with you, there's chaos. They're probably out there telling people you're the chaos. And it's like, no, I'm not. It's a simple correction, y'all. It's a simple correction of who am I to me? What do I want to be to me? What do I want to do with my life from here on out? You, you can't ask nobody. You can't poll nobody. You can't, uh, uh, you can't do any of that is, is you and your reflection and your thoughts, your movements, your actions. That's it. Until you get to that point, life is going to be so empty. It's going to be so confusing. That void that you feel is the missing piece of you, not a missing piece of a friend, not a missing piece of a relationship, not a, re- a missing piece of a, a family member. That void you feel is because you not being you. When I secured my accountability and I secured the ego death and I start setting boundaries, I've never felt this fulfilled in my life. I've never felt this calm in my life. Yes, I'm fighting anxiety. Yes, I'm fighting depression. But as far as the void, I have no void. I'm not ashamed of wearing my glasses. I'm not I'm not afraid of seeing me anymore. 
I see my flaws very, very clearly and I work on them the best that I can, but I don't have any voice. I don't miss things. I don't I don't care. I don't care about a lot of stuff in a very healthy way. I'm very selfish in a very healthy way. Um, I'm selfish with my peace, with my time, with my advice, with my love, with my patience. I don't have time for the extras. I'm here for a good time, not a long time. So with that, I got to make sure I'm living the best way that I can live without disrespecting anyone. And that's what I do. Call me a nerd. Call me uh, extra. Call me emotion. Call me all those things. I'm cool with it now. I'm extra. I love extra hard. I try to give extra grace. Um, I'm extra patient. Why? Because people make mistakes and people are flawed and you have to learn how to be able to deal with that. But you don't have to deal with disrespect. You don't have to deal with consistent hurt. You don't have to deal with people who are actively hurting you and don't care to change. That's not how life is meant to be. Get the fuck away. I don't care what the situation is. I don't care what it is. I'll be home. Me and my kids will be homeless living in the car before I let somebody disrespect me. And I don't mean disrespect in a sense of, oh, you stepped on my shoe. I mean like constant disrespect. I. No. My peace is more valuable than anything. Me keeping my mind as 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 right as I can whether it's on medicine, whether it's just solely just isolation, whatever I could do to keep my peace, I'm willing to go to the ends of the earth for that because I corrected my vision. I'm not afraid no more. We get hurt and we lose our minds trying to figure out why that person did that, why that job did that. Uh, Why my business not successful? Why this? Why that? Why, 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 why? And the emotion of that distracts us from everything that it's supposed to be. One of the main things that helped me get through difficult situations is understanding that one, your next moment is not promised. It's just, it's not. And two, understanding that if it hurts but doesn't kill you, it's a lesson there. So cry Kick, scream, scratch, but make sure when you're done, the lesson is is at least understood. Maybe not fully learned, uh, but at least understood. So when I'm going through a week of no sales, when I'm going through um, a week of no listens, when I'm going through a, a, a week of no interactions, it hurts. But I don't say, oh, people hating people. All right, what you got to do? I have a a strong 
uh, uh, assertion that the laughs will turn into intrigue and intrigue will turn into support. Either you're going to annoy somebody enough with how much you believe in what you're doing and they're going to be your supporter or are they going to turn into support sheer, uh, uh, sheerly from annoyance or they're going to support you because they're going to be like, look at him, who he think he is. And then they're going to hear something, feel something, buy something, see something like, oh, this is who he is. I'm me. All the way around, peacefully flawed. I'm, I'm, I, I'm on a thin line between their heavenly father and I'll shoot this whole shit up. I'm me. I've been through too much to to be phony to me. I spent so much time uh, being this character for others. Putting in this time to be who who others wanted me to be so that they feel comfortable with me. I can't do that. Not worth it. Had no value. Guess what? All that time that I spent trying to be what people wanted me to be, I'm still here by myself. I'm still standing, still strong, still here. Dolo. So let me know it's okay. Yeah, you, you the 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 journey is silent. Yeah, you got to you got to get, you know, you got to 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 get some personal distractions. Yeah. But the peace that I have of knowing that I can I can rest and no, I, ne- I didn't start nothing. I haven't argued with nobody. I haven't disrespected nobody. Um, nobody has disrespected me. Anybody who I feel um, will disrespect me is no longer a part of my people who I speak to. I've even, you know, kind of kind of adapted that idea uh, on social media. I'll block you for posting something. That I like that affects my mental. There's certain things that I don't want to see. There's certain things that I don't care to talk about. There's certain things that I don't. I just don't care. It's not adding to me. Yeah, entertainment is entertainment, but it's just certain things that I just completely remove from me the best that I can. It's a correction to be able to do that. It's a correction. You know, you go through life, especially when you are uh, from poverty. And you go through life because you, you, you never had something. You try your hardest to get it. And a lot of times we lose, we, we lose moral values from that. A lot of times we, we're trying to get something that we want solely because we have never obtained it, not because it had value to us. That's a difficult place to be in. That's a difficult um, cycle to break. Because when you come from nothing, you want everything regardless. You're willing to do everything regardless. 
It takes some self-control for you to get to a point to where you understand that's not that's not right. You got to get to a point where you're like, all right, yeah, this is what I grew up in. This is this is how it was done. This is what I saw done. But you got to you got to look at the consequences of that. A lot of us don't get to see another day. A lot of us don't get to see um, freedom for too long because we are are living how we were raised. And not realizing that we was raised like that because that's what they knew. That's what they, that's how, that's what, that was the life that they wanted for them. And I say that loosely because it takes strength to break away from generational cycles of any kind good or bad because some things that that are are uh are naturally looked at as good might not fit what you what you're trying to do you got to be able to deal with that you got to be able to, to to stand strong on that you got to be able to move forward a lot of times people break up friendships, family, relationships. It, they break up because, you know, one person wants to move a little bit differently. And because nobody ever moved a little bit differently, it creates this chaos of the unknown. Like, wait, what? We're doctors. What are you talking about? You 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 want to own a, a Chick-fil-A. We're chefs. We're we like. What are you talking about? You you want to go play basketball? Like it, it's it's so much that we you know look at, and it's like no, like you got to create your own branch. You have to. You have to be okay with it. It's gonna be a little bit weak at first. But if you believe in it and you put in the work for that, it doesn't matter who uh, who is there to see it. If you water it, if you prune it, if you do what you're supposed to do to turn that branch into, you know, a stem or, or turn that branch into a log, turn that log into a tree. I know it's scary. The idea of it. You got to be strong enough to stand on that. You got to be willing enough to 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 go through what you need to 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 be everything that you feel that you should be. And I'm not saying like I'm not saying do it in an aggressive way. I'm not saying do it from arrogance. I'm not even saying um, disconnect yourself from the family tree. What I'm saying is that path is all going one way. And it's going to keep repeating itself unless somebody has enough strength in himself to say, I fuck with y'all, but this ain't it. I don't want to add and compound what, what we've been going through. Uh, I want to try this right here. I know y'all feel like this is successful. I know you feel like this is this, but I want to see what this is. 
And what will happen is you'll 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 start seeing who supports your ideas and who supports who you're trying to be and who believes in you. You will start seeing that. But more importantly, you will start seeing who don't. I think that's where the devastation comes from is is the assumption that people are supportive towards you. Because in your mind, you know, we cool, we this, we that. Like, of course you support me. And then when you realize it's fake support, that's where the devastation comes. So, again, you have to do certain things to weed things out. You have to. And I'm telling you, in every area of your life, there's is correct correction is needed. I'm not saying, you know, if you can't handle isolation, cool. If you can't handle not being a part of a large friend group, cool. If you can, But you have to take certain steps so that you are part of a friend group. You, you, you. Not the character that they built you to be. So many things that that we can give the world because we're all individuals. We're all individuals. Right. So many things that we can offer. The world. But it's so much fear in being who you are, because the societal standards are so fucking ridiculous that you have to look a certain way. You have to dress a certain way. You can't be a, a woman. You can't be a man. You can't be tall. You can't be short. You can't be fat. You can't like everybody has something to complain about. I, I, I get that everybody has a preference of how they move, what they like, what they don't. I get it. But in today's world, everything like it, it it's always a step above hatred it's all it's never like no i don't i don't really care for tall women it's always a disrespect oh i don't care for plus size women it's never that it's always a uh blah, blah, like no it's imperative that we not be scared to be called nerds and I'm saying this loosely. So it's imperative that we are, you know, strong within ourselves that that we can be who we were born to be, who we have uh, uh, grown to be. Right. It's important. We got to stop being these characters. We have to to stop pretending to be Superman and put our glasses on and, and be OK with being Clark Kent. So much peace there. I love knowing me now. It's such an amazing feeling. Like, it's funny because, you know, somebody be like, oh, um, what about this? I'm like, oh, no, I'm not going to like it. Well, you never know. I, I know. Well, you never tasted it. I, what is the flavor? Pro- OK, I'm not going to like it. What is that about? Not gonna like it. You gotta give it a chance. I'm I'm telling you right, I know me. It's very few things that I say no to that changes my mind. Like if 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 I'm like, all right, I'll try it. 
very few things that I go to like that. And I'm like, oh, that check. No, I still didn't like it. I told you I wasn't. I spent hours and hours and years and years learning me. This last close to 10 years has been me just searching me. Me searching through the pain, me searching through the the hurt, the good, the bad, the uh the financial success, the failures, the promotion, the lack thereof. Like it's been a, a close to a decade of me just figuring out. I wasn't moving fast enough with the conclusion so that I could start the next chapter. And then my baby died and 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 let me realize, yo, you don't you don't have the time that you think you do. And now we're here, 75 episodes in um, an apparel company that's been that's been alive for close to three years, uh, four poetry albums, two books like we here now. It's what it is. This is what I'm this is what I'm doing. This is this is what I'm meant to do. I'm meant to help the world uh, one poem, one pie, one piece at a time. It's my purpose. I've been running. I've been being the character in the game. I've been doing everything for everybody that that, that they wanted me to do. I've been doing it unconditionally. But I can't give you unconditional love and I have conditions on my own. I can't be willing to jump off a bridge for you, but be timid to 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 jump in a pool for myself. My vision been impaired for so long. And once I understood that, I said to myself, what are you going to do to correct it? What are you going to do to to make sure that you don't end up in this? What are you going to do to make sure that you know who you are when you move in 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 the situation that you're doing, when you're trying to handle business, when you're trying to maneuver through relationships, when you're parenting, when you at work? How you like what are you going to do to make sure it's you? And I start putting that into an action. I start or I start putting that in into action. I start being proud of who I am as a person, as a father, as a as a man. I started being proud. Because I work hard on this. I work hard on on making sure my son see a stand up man. I work hard on making sure my job knows that I, I'm I'm a good employee. I work hard on uh, repping my brand how I rep it. I work hard on saying you know being honest in my poetry, being honest on this pot. I work hard at that. It took me to to understand where the corrections needed to be made. It took me to stand up for who I needed to be. It took me to to just look at myself in the face and just say, bro, you got this. If nobody else believe in you, you got to believe in yourself. If no one else has unconditional love for you, you have to have unconditional love for yourself. You have to be willing to do 
every single thing possible to make sure that you have peace and that you have comfort and you have understanding and you have love. And through this fight that I go through with with my mental health, I tell myself, you got this. I know you feel the way. I know it makes you feel weak. I know it makes you emotional. I know it makes you feel less than, but you got this. There's nobody on earth that could be me. I know there's other people who are going through what I'm going through. I know there's other people who have lost a child. I know that there's people who are going through custody issues. I know other people who have financial issues. I know people who hate their job. I know, I know, I know, but there is not another me on this earth. No one on earth can affect people how I affect people. No one can say what I'm saying. No one can be as open as I am. It took me to correct my vision. They say hindsight is twenty twenty, And everything that I've been through has corrected my vision for me to see clearer as I'm going through this journey of life. That's why I tell you guys, and that's why, you know, I encourage you guys to understand that no matter what you're going through, no matter how hard it is, no matter if you feel alone, no matter if you feel surrounded, no matter what it is, your journey is what it's meant to be. It's what is meant to be. You were born to travel that road. Whether you are tra- traveling with a pa- uh, passenger, whether you're traveling alone, whether you're traveling in a full group, that journey that you are on is yours. You have to take control of it and you cannot get lost in the darkness because it's going to be there. But you have the opportunity and ability to get to the light. So get to it. What's going on, y'all? Uh, I thank you for tuning in to the podcast. I will like it, share it, you know, tell people about it. Whatever support you're giving, I truly, truly appreciate it. Uh, head over to www.peacefullyflawed.com um, if you want to support the the pod in any other way. Um, you can find podcast merch on there. Also, you can find uh, Peacefully Flawed Apparel on there. If you want to donate to the podcast um you can do so via the good pods app there is a button there that you can tip me um also on uh the poetic properties uh twitter page there's a tip button there we accept any donations you're willing to give you can, like i said you can purchase anything you want from um peacefullyflawed.com i thank you guys um also i still have books available pieces of me a book of poems by me complex the poet that are available on the website as well I love you guys. I thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all the support that you have given thus far and hope that you continue to support. It's all love. Be easy.